Good morning. morning. I feel like you you were ready. You jumped in on that one. I was like, oh man, he's I was going. ready, man. I was ready, man. I was ready. You know, you you, you could start leading this thing. Okay, <laughs> no. fair enough. <laughs> Joe didn't always lead. So um, so yeah, we have a great interview lined up. Yeah, it's pretty that, cool that we did before we recorded this, and some things have changed a little bit slightly. I like this honesty with the shift. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, like, I'm not gonna lie. To you. Hey, I mean, it's a week to week thing. Yeah, we we've constructed it the, like like John Oliver's show on on HBO, sort of. <laughs> I like that. Sort of. We're John Oliver. Now. We're, we're as we're, good we're as, as John, John Oliver. Oliver. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, better than John That's Oliver. That, I just, <laughs> I sensed people turning off this podcast. <laughs> but is this show really that good? <laughs> it is, man. I love John Oliver. I, I'm, I'm fucking with everyone. I, I, I like John Oliver. He's throwing shade over here. I, I just haven't watched it in a while. I will start watching again soon. You should watch. It's a good show. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, speaking of HBO, Joe made the ultimate liberal mistake. <laughs> Here we go. Of watching the first episode of The Wire again. I know. It's been a long time. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I like to frighten myself. So. But it's like the greatest show ever. And despite the criticisms that people throw now towards David Simon, right. and it, and it, it, admittedly, it's kind of a little dated, um, I, I, hi, we highly recommend to anyone. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about The Wire earlier today on the train ride this morning. Because I, I feel like there's like many parts of the day when you start thinking about the oh, world. Yeah. <laughs> for whatever <laughs> reason. Yeah, no, right. Maybe I should be a cop. Hmm. Oh wait, how how are those cops in Baltimore? <laughs> um, I was actually looking at the uh, um an advertisement for uh, the TV the Showtime series The Shy, and I started thinking about it like I should really watch that show, and then I started thinking about it like I really and because there are cast members in The Shy that were on The Wire, I started thinking about The Wire again. And I was just kind of curious to know what the, you know, what the show is about. Um, I mean, like compared to like you know, <laughs> it, compared with the you know, it being a show about Chicago compared to a show about Baltimore. Right. Watching any show can trigger you uh, to want to watch The Wire because like those dudes are in like everything, everything. <laughs> right? Walking Dead, Punisher, like everything. Though. Every Marvel, every Marvel, like like cinematic show or t or movie. Right. So MCU, sorry. Get it right, Joe. You know, They're a any, brand for a reason. Any, <laughs> <laughs> um, any one of those like sh- shows or movies, there are always cast members from The Wire. It's almost like an inside joke, I think, yeah. at this point. Um, what is it like the first? Uh, was it the first season of of Luke Cage has like several has several people in it. Right. Um, Jessica Jones definitely had a few uh, people in it. Like I said, Walking Dead, Walking like, Dead, or, or a bunch of yeah, shows, yeah, bunch of shows. But it's really, it's really noticeable with the uh, like the Marvel with the movie. MCU. Yeah, it's sure, very yeah. noticeable. Um, but yeah, it's dope. And I mean, yeah, even people forget like Michael B. Jordan's first look is actually on the wire, and he's now in the MCU. He's now he's in the MCU <laughs> or was in the MCU. Damn spoiler warning, Spo- man. <laughs> yeah, but real talk, if you didn't watch. If you didn't watch Black Panther yet, I it's mean, like if you're not one of the people that contributed to the 1.25 billion dollars that movie. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, no man. Well, one, it was like it's true. Like I started watching it, and I've I've seen it before, but uh, it's been a long time, and it's true. Like one, yes, it's definitely dated, <laughs> which which is not a bad thing, right? Like I I don't care about that, but like when you see them like using typewriters that's that yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah. They haven't got us computers yet but you know like that was a, like, it's a serious thing like people no, forget sure. like yo cops like they had to do a lot of they had to do like anything in civil service is always usually slow so them upgrading their actual tech is actually like highly a high uh, a high probability that it didn't happen yeah no not but like now it would be like they're upgrading to a mac from like you know like Mac, try like a, a <laughs> try like a like a hp they like <laughs> Like giving ins- them too much in- Inspira or whatever they're, however they're pronounced, or like a Dell. Uh, you're lucky if you see a Dell Latitude laptop, <laughs> right? And Dell Latitudes are tend to be pretty good. So yeah. if you're lucky if you yeah. see that in a in a police headquarters, mm-hmm. they, they probably have like you know the the, the PC towers, <laughs> you know. Uh, but and you know, like we uh, some of the 
some of the dialogue, especially from like you know, like the hoods in the movie, or I mean, in the show, in that early episode, yeah, like yeah. a little, still a little rough. I mean, it's still great, dude, great intro yeah, episode. Yeah. But like you know, you can tell, like, all right, like there's a white guy writing some of these lines, right? right. And, but I know as that as the season, ser- as that season goes on, as the series goes on, it just gets better and better. Um, but man, it was great, man. But yeah. <laughs> I, one of the reasons I'm going back and watching it is because. My uh, fiance hasn't seen, although she she did say that some gentleman she dated before me had <laughs> asked her to watch that episode with him. So she had actually seen that episode, but she hasn't seen the show sort of through and through. And full disclosure, like I've seen a lot of it, but I never saw everything from beginning to end. So like I'm hyped to finally, you know, dive into the deep end on this one. And before you finish watching The Wire, yeah, totally catch up to Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta! I'm gonna like do it on my own and just like bang it out. Like, uh, like by like next week, I'll be like, "Yo, dude, season actually, two." Is back. A- actually, yo, <laughs> I really think Allie would would appreciate. It. Oh no, no, no! She wants to watch it too, but it's like if we're starting the wire, um, if we're starting the wire, it's like you know that's gonna be like a thing, you know? It's, right. It's like five seasons, right? So we're not gonna like be able to watch Atlanta like at some like like together. I feel like this is a mission we're going to have to take out on our own, you know? So I'm going to watch The Wire when I have some time on my own. Not yeah. The Wire, sorry. Um, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. So, But, um, yeah, man, I'm excited to to get back into it. You know, McNulty and the gang. <laughs> McNulty was a huge inspiration for this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the only inspiration. Um, it was funny. I remember uh, that scene when... Um, when his superior, like the major or whatever, is talking to him, and he's like, "I got these two things for you," and he's flipping them off, and he's like, "I was like, I it, it, like immediately catapulted me back to like watching that first. That's such a good scene. <laughs> Jordan's dying over here. He loves it. <laughs> yeah, just the way he he raises the, his two middle fingers. <laughs> it's so good. And it's not, it's not like the only time he does that in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just great. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm so I'm excited, man. But you know, I feel like this has like been a week of catch up too, because you um, you well, watched that first episode of Roseanne, right? Yeah. So Roseanne is back. I, I I admit I didn't really watch much of the original series. I was probably a bit too young, and my family was. I admit my family wasn't really heavily into. My grandma would kind of like flip it on every now and then. Right. Um, it's been in the news a lot lately, obvious for obvious reasons. We all right. know why. It's because. Uh, they incorporated a lot of the 2016 election into it. Um, so here's my takeaway from just one episode, and mm-hmm. I'll probably watch a few more. But I was interested on your point of view specifically for the first episode, actually. So the stuff with Darlene right. is still really poignant, and I remember that being yeah. a huge part of like the original series, yeah. right? All the stuff with the election actually was a huge distraction from the rest of the... I actually think they should have not done that. I kind of felt the same way. It felt like... It felt thrown in, you know? Just kind of like, let's also add the election into this episode. Well, I mean, when she comes in with the Russian dress and you're like, oh, no. And that's one of the issues I have so far with like... So, like, I'll I'll tell you that you only watched the first episode, right? Episodes two and three are better than that first. It's progressively like getting better, but one of the things that I've seen, like my one of my biggest issues, is with the writing because you see a lot of these sort of like forced, thrown in yeah, jokes that yeah. like the sh- uh, the original show didn't necessarily do. It flowed really well. Not and that yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I know it's what you not mean. necessarily like the later seasons, but like the the golden years of like Rosen, like the really like say like first five six seasons of that show all the jokes flowed really really well right yeah and like the family they were just like a bunch of like you know they they riffed on each other and it all felt like fluid and like, yeah really, it really was middle worked, america right? family like trying to understand like their 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 kids and their generation right but i'm just saying like how they spoke to each other they would riff on each other yeah. they would knock on each other but it all felt it felt real you know like, yeah it felt, know, they yeah, felt like a family mean. and like now there's a lot of that, like, pause, hit your mark, turn, say your funny line, wait yeah. for a reaction. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it's it's not all, it's, the show's not 
completely that, but there's more of that than than I wanted from Roseanne. Yeah, you know? no, I, I I totally know what you're talking about, and that's the part why I'm like that's partly why I'm I was a little it felt a little contrived. The laugh track too also didn't really help because I think right now we're kind of used to like not hearing. Yeah, the laugh but track. you know I, they were gonna bring that back. Of it's course they're gonna bring that back. Yeah. I mean that's what the funny part is that. Um, the 90s was largely 90s sitcoms were largely defined by that. It's when everything turned into a dramedy that that changed. You know, right. um, even if you watch, uh, even now because like we have a whole generation that's like snarky and cynical, um, like shows like The Office, shows like Parks and Recs, because they don't have that laugh track. Right, I can only imagine if you were like a little bit younger, how jarring that might feel to watch oh, a man. show with, with a laugh sure track. The, I'm sure there's kids now. Unless they're watching CBS, because I feel like all their shows still do the laugh track. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I know it's exactly. We're all bo- we're both thinking about Big Bang Theory <laughs> as you say that. Um, also featuring a Roseanne alumni, exactly. They wanted him to come back, and I guess Big he's you know he's on that Big Bang money. So well, you know you know it's funny. You know it's funny. You know uh, I know what the show. I don't mean to cut you off, but like Roseanne is such a huge success. Like it, the first few episodes have been pretty successful. That I bet. Johnny Galecki right now is kind of like shit. <laughs> I should have came back. You know what's funny? I didn't realize I was a dude from Roseanne until I like looked it up on Wikipedia, oh, no, no, and that's no, how I realized either he's a really good a- TV actor, or uh, like I just like my, you know, just like he just looks much markedly different. But when I when it when but I like realized like he he kind of had like this like you know cool bad boy image like when he was on Roseanne, and now it's like you're like he completely flipped it up to it's like actually not what it was dude like on Roseanne, he was um he was like he was like a bad boy but he was like a nerdy bad boy. yeah nerdy bad yeah, boy yeah, yeah. yeah so like the yeah, character yeah he wasn't like the wild one he right, was, right, yeah. right right his brother was on <laughs> right. the show but like the character he plays on big bang theory it's similar to the character he played on Roseanne, dude and if you've actually seen what, what is he because i mean i feel like he's a guy with his hands in his pockets and like if you know Roseanne, he, uh, like I said, he was seen as like this bad boy, but it wasn't like he was like, you know, outside smoking cigarettes and beating people up. He yeah. was just like kind of like the kid that, you know, drew weird comic books and like was on the fringes. So, right. You know, right. Like, so, and, he was, and he was like a big nerd too. Yeah. More like an so, outsider. Right, right, right. So even though like, I guess like, you know, like in Big Bang Theory, he's like a genius or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's still... He's still playing a similar character. He's just like this kind of scrawny, nerdy guy. You right, know? right. Uh, I've seen him in other movies. And, you know, I like you, Johnny. You like him, man. You're a good guy. Yeah, but, like, yeah. not the greatest actor <laughs> in, in some other movies. But, um, but uh, just going back, man, it's... Um, one of the things that I also, and uh, you know, I may shatter the glass here for some people, like one of the other things that kind of really is bothering me is, so like the show is shot in front of a live studio audience, right? Right. You can see Roseanne like reading cue cards. Like I can, I notice her reading the cards sometimes. It's like an SNL episode. Oh, wow. You know, like on yeah. SNL when you see them kind of looking to the side and because they're like reading these cards, like yeah. they're forgetting a line. Roseanne, yeah. like you can see her doing that kind of. And I don't know if I'm the only one catching this, but like, look closely next time you're watching. You can you'll see her like keep glancing, and right, like, right. she's like reading cue cards, and I'm like that again, kind of is like taking me out of it. And I was like, that wasn't the case in the original show. So, right. I don't. That being said, I haven't hated it. I I've actually enjoyed each episode has gotten better, and there are moments that feel like classic Roseanne moments. Right, right, and. Laurie Metcalf and Joe Goodman are great, man. Right. Like they, you know, but they, you know, they maintained, you know, pretty good acting careers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, So I I would recommend watching, uh, watching more of it. If you uh, think you're you're up to it, you you can stomach it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I got to, I mean, I guess I wasn't the biggest viewer of like the first, you know, the first time around. Right. Um, But, you know, I'm willing to like, Peek, take a peek here and to there. To be honest, if anything, I would say go back and watch the original show. I think you would love. Yo, yeah, the original I, it's show. funny because like a few weeks back, before the, um, it was about like a month ago, I was watching an old episode of Roseanne actually, right. and it was. Um, everyone knows like now we don't have like traditional like broadcast channels anymore. So <laughs> I was like on one of those like like um those syndicated channels that like right. just re- 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 uh, airs reruns, right? So I was watching an old episode of Roseanne, and that's why I was saying that 
the 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 glaring aspect of it is really just them inserting all like the election stuff into it because the episode I was watching it was um she goes to the doctors with uh on Jackie right mm. and on Jackie's kind of like feeling the doctor and like Roseanne's kind of like you know poking fun at her I because know of the that. episode you're talking about. exactly <laughs> right um and then the, I think the episode I I didn't catch all of it but I remember it ends with like something at like this diner that she's working at there's like some type of dispute with another coworker that they have to resolve right and these are like real life things like things like this happen in real life yeah um but it never felt like it was like overly political right like the political stuff in it now is really a reflection of it's really a reflection of, of Roseanne Barr in real life actually being an actual Trump supporter and exactly it's almost yeah. like it's almost like she like shoehorned it in there. Man. Yeah, she shoehorned like, it in there, and it's like almost like like why sometimes you know what I mean. And that's and like I said, the like Aunt Jackie didn't need to come in with a shirt that says "nasty woman" that she's been probably if in real life she was wearing for like a year and a half, almost two years. Like why <laughs> right, would they even right, do that? Right. Right. And like, that was so unnecessary. I remember when I was watching because uh, going into the episode, I had heard like about you know we knew about Roseanne being a Trump supporter and that it was going to be like addressed in the show. Like you kind of knew that was going to happen. Uh, but then like it was like it that really felt like an SNL kind of skit to me, right? Like yeah. it was just like all yeah. this look at us doing election jokes, yeah. right? And the other sh- the original show, like if you had, you know, even if uh, politics came up, like say Reagan or something like that, only the strongest, uh, uh, only the strongest, right? It it felt like it it <laughs> only the strongest. <laughs> Uh, Jordan's Reagan love. No if, you, if you get a, if you go if you get a chance, go back and listen to the episode, the President's Day episode, with uh, Dan Johnson. You recently posted a Instagram. Uh, and I will post it again. Because <laughs> only uh, on the eight AM shift did we want to have a black guy talking about his love and admiration for Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so like, even if say politics did come up in the original show, it. It fit like it wasn't just kind of like thrown in your face like we are talking about politics. Yeah, now, yeah, you know? and that's exactly and th- what it feels like. like. I'm wearing a nasty woman shirt. Ha ha ha! That's funny, and it was just a little lame. But oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 a little, <laughs> a little, a lot lame, guys. But anyway, that being said, I would still, uh, I'm still going to continue watching the show. I've seen the first three episodes; it's gotten better. So, anyway, right. So I guess other things on our mind were um, the recent comments from Steven Spielberg. Yeah, uh, which I wouldn't necessarily say recent, a couple weeks A couple now, weeks ago. Like, um, I know there's been all this buzz about uh, Ready Player One, which as our, of our time recording this, I still haven't had time to watch it, but that will probably be changing possibly in the next few days or so. Right. Um, but yeah, I think there was a lot of... He basically had said that you know Netflix movies shouldn't be... Um, they shouldn't be like Academy eligible, eligible for Academy yeah. Awards. He and said they should be like. Say he said, "Oh, they they can they should be up for Emmys, but not for an Academy." Right. Um, so you know, you and I had spoke about this, I guess, personally. Right. You know, we don't. We both don't agree with the sen- the sentiment. We think that you know, over the top TV, while in some ways detrimental to our <laughs> our, our 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 um our attention spans. <laughs> right. Uh, we're actually, it, you know, it, it's it's an antiquated thought, but it, it we understand where it comes from, right? You know, um, but at the same time, o- OTT has given way to a lot of great storytelling outside of the traditional, um, from tradition outside of traditional voices. By traditional voices, I mean like old white guys. <laughs> um, and you know, like I mean, feel free to jump in and like. No, well, uh, listen, the uh, uh, one. Let me start this by saying, and if you don't know this already shifters which if you listen if you are like a regular lifter <laughs> listener to the show you would know this i love steven spielberg right? yeah grew up too. watching a man as do most people yeah. love spielberg right but i feel like some of his comments were like a little short-sighted like it's like he not only do i not agree with uh the fact that uh, uh he thinks netflix films shouldn't be up for Academy Awards. One, tech, they're playing by the rules, right? If they need a week or two release, and then that's it. If those are the rules, those are the rules, right? They're playing by them, and they're making some pretty high-quality films. Some, not so much. <laughs> but looking at you, Bright. No. <laughs> uh, um, I'm glad this is a theme for us, because like, <laughs> c- 
trust if we ever get tickets to a bright two screening oh man we're, we're totally there oh yeah we'll be right on top of sitting we're sitting next to wills man <laughs> um, but one the other the other reason i don't agree with it so in that in his uh in that interview where spielberg mentioned that he didn't think the netflix film should be up I feel like I'm slurring my speech here. <laughs> the Netflix films shouldn't be up for Academy Awards. He also says something to the effect that I'm just going to sort of like paraphrase here because I don't know the exact quote, but like um, he said something to the effect of uh, Netflix is sort of changing the game in a way that now filmmakers, like young filmmakers, don't necessarily have to, to you know, go to con and you know right. have a film and fight to get it seen and picked right. up and but he he said it in sort of like in like that they we should have to do that like that like everybody should have to go through that uh through that ring of fire let's say right right and i think that's a little short sighted cuz i'm like well one you've been a juggernaut in the industry for a long time right, right. so you haven't had to deal with that per se for a long time and also just like the changes in the industry yeah, for a young filmmaker. But on top of that, what I think he's not recognizing is that stuff like Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, right, has given a lot of opportunities to filmmakers of color, to female filmmakers, right? So these opportunities that wouldn't necessarily be there for this certain group Oh, now there because of stuff like Netflix yeah. and Hulu and Amazon yeah. and whatever else is, whatever streaming services giving people those opportunities. So I'm like, why would you say, why would you come out and be like, well, you know, we need to cut that, cut that off, right? Right. Let's relegate that to television only. So it, I think it's a little short sighted. I think it's, it is too. I think also there's two other, the other two sides of it are, are you know, you know, Martin Scorsese is also one of the greatest film filmmakers ever, right? Right. Even he has problems getting funding for movies, exactly. and now he's gone over budget for uh, the, the Irishman, the Irishman, which yeah. is supposed to come out, I believe, next year. I think right? so, yeah. Um, but you know, the fact that even hi- someone like him, who in some ways kind of predates like Spielberg, um, by a yeah, few by a few years, they're uh, Spielberg's I, more. 80s. They're definitely contemporaries, but like it's um, Spielberg defined the eighties more, and Scorsese sort of came into. Uh, Prominence, like in a 70, little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, like later. about the same. Yeah, about the same. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. Maybe a little bit earlier, yeah. right? So, my my point being is that even for other old white guys who also are you know pretty artistic when it right. comes to like their vision, they've had issues too. And something like a Netflix can help facilitate that. Not that way. Right. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, so in in a lot of ways, like you know, Netflix really lends itself to uh more old white guys. <laughs> exactly, right? Like so um, like can help you out in some days, <laughs> Stephen. Uh, um, but the the other side of it too, um <laughs> I can't I, I'm gonna cut you off and say I can't stop picturing like in my mind like <laughs> Because, you know, Spielberg and Scorsese are pretty close. They came up together. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, I, I'm just like picturing like Scorsese like sitting in a bathtub, right? Bubbles, wine. And he's like seeing this interview with Scorsese, with uh, Spielberg for the first time. And when he's like, this shouldn't be up for us because Scorsese is like, what? <laughs> he just like spills his wine into his, his bubble bath. All right. Just Cohiba falls inside of the, 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 the jacuzzi. <laughs> he's like, come on, Steven. Um, <laughs> Don't you have my back? I thought we were boys. Um, I mean, the, uh, obviously, on the other side of that, too, like Spike Lee is also... Uh, had a lot has had his work uh go through those those non-traditional right, yeah. outlets and has seen a lot of success with that as well um i i think uh the other side the other point that i was going to make was that the ga- like you said th- the barriers to entry now are different and in some ways like we created all these things to lower those barriers to entry right right but I even also often give the analogy of like like marketing now like as like an industry versus marketing back in the day like you know, when I when I speak to a marketing professor about like you know like what marketing looks like for them, it's mar- it's much different than the way like a millennial or someone even younger than millennial thinks about marketing. Like when we look like because if you think about it, influencer marketing wasn't something that inst- that it basically didn't start until like two thousand seven, two thousand six, right? right? People would on MySpace like getting hot, right? And then when you look at the way Instagram became like a central focus for like influencer marketing, 
that's a huge part of it as well. And so I think my point being is that, like, if you look at what a filmmaker goes through in the same context, right, to be taken seriously, to be con considered, like, someone at the forefront, just the way, like, marketers now all have to be, like, thought leaders, if you right. will, right? Like, they're going to have to go through those digital those through those digital channels, right? And those digital channels are almost, like, ultimately aligned with Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix, right? So, yeah, like, I understand what he's, what he's saying, where he's coming from, but think about what it means for someone from not a generation after you, but the two, three generations after you, right? right? Like, that landscape is just markedly different, you know? Yeah. Um, my younger brother, he had, I don't know what he did with, I don't know if he still has a camera, but he, he had a camera that had, that, that, um, that took film, right? right? It was one of the last ones left before everything became mostly digital, digital right. cameras, right? And, you know, even if you look at, like, the way the, like, the actual physical equipment is going from, film to, to digital even though digital look i mean even though film looks much better this fight has been going on a long time Jordan. yeah i know i know but it's true right yeah, film no, film, true. film looks much better than it's than true. digital i right? prefer it but i understand right. why digital has you know yeah taken over the industry exactly it's much cheaper it's much cheaper and like you got to think like this is just the era that we live in so all those things kind of like are interconnected in a lot of ways right. you know like just i, I mean i hate i you know i I understand what it feels like to come from his pers from his perspective, but the truth of the matter is that like you know like like the actual the physical structure right. and I mean that based on the equipment that we're using is all kind of interconnected to that and like you know that's just a reality a lot of people have to deal with. Even now, it's like when you want to like market yourself, you have to be a little public, right? Whereas like if you went back fifteen years ago, you know it was like a word of mouth thing. But like right. try living off a of word of mouth now versus being like over having like a really, really decorated LinkedIn account, you know, <laughs> it's just true. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's people that are like, I, I, I sometimes see through the bullshit, but truth of the matter is if you look like a thought leader on LinkedIn, your propensity for being looked at as like, like an official voice is just much higher. Right. You know? So, yeah, no, I mean, and it's funny because like, if, especially remarks like that coming from a guy like Spielberg are a little, just, take me back a little bit because he's also such like an innovator in the industry right like he's one of these guys that pushed shooting on digital film right, right. he's one of these guys that pushed mocap right he's one of these guys that has just pushed all kinds of like you know innovate innovations in cgi yeah, and yeah. all that yeah yet now this new sort of medium comes about and he all of a sudden is like, whoa, 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 let's uh, pump the brakes here on. And I'm not saying he's like he hates Netflix, but like, you know, it may, there may come a time where Spielberg's going to be releasing films on Netflix. And is his view going to change? Of course it is. Yeah, no, I agree. It's so, funny. It's funny because like it's one thing if he if his if the context was like, yeah, I don't like Netflix because they gave like Michael Bay like the free range to make like a million like transformer movies and i'd be like you're absolutely right <laughs> right yeah you're 100 percent right this has got to stop now. Right. <laughs> end it now end it now <laughs> but it's just yeah i mean i don't know it's just like sort of to 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 come out and say you know the thing he said about the oscars and then sort of not necessarily attack but sort of say these these like short-sighted things about like young filmmakers coming yeah. in. I just yeah. think it wasn't necessarily the way to approach it because like, you know, I, I study film. I'm a, you know, a, a somewhat young filmmaker <laughs> trying to like be out here. And it's like, I ain't making movies, right? So right. like, it's not that easy. But, you know, like give people a shot. They're, these avenues are giving filmmakers that maybe wouldn't have, would have never had a chance to make a film or a TV series, yeah. what have you. Yeah. have these opportunities so uh steven if you're listening we love you we but do. we really do <laughs> you know we really do. maybe reevaluate some of those comments you made um i guess like for our next uh interview slash conversation yeah um we spoke to another editor in brooklyn fraser yeah. tharp who gave us his thoughts on basically over the top television yeah and the other pitfalls of it Yep, yep, yep. You know. He was a cool dude. Cool let's, dude. Uh, let's hear what he had to say. Today, yeah. Cool. The strongest. The strongest. The strongest. The strongest. The strongest. Yeah, what's up, guys? It's Frazier. 
Uh, you might know me on Twitter sometimes as the Summer Man. I'm pretty pretty proactive there with uh, music and pop culture opinions. That's how I came to really. Uh, Jordan and I met at a party once, but we actually met through Ensenol. Through Ensenol. Uh, I want to hear about this party, guys. <laughs> I, I actually still remember it, even though it was like four years ago. But uh, it was pretty tame. Definitely not. Definitely. <laughs> like it was definitely. Oh, right. Or did maybe you, maybe you left and, and did you, you missed the, this yeah. party differently. <laughs> It, it definitely, I remember that night going several ways. <laughs> Jordan knows well, you can always find me on the, the timeline spouting off a, um, a music or a TV or movie take cool, man. as it pops into my mind, which is very sporadically. I'm going to have to find the summer man. The underscore summer man. Oh, I'm going to have to find it. I, I, I need to, what's up with the name? Yeah. Where did that come from? Uh, people always ask that. It's not. It's never been a big secret, but it is kind of nerdy. I guess um, um, that's right up our alley, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. Around the time I made Twitter, uh, I was really into Mad Men. This is Mad Men was on right, the air, right, right. and uh, I think that that I'm well. Longer answer: I'm a really big nerd for episode titles. Okay, if cool, they're good. Cool. Some shows like uh, Jordan and I talk about Sons all the time. That show, Both I love sons. that show. Yeah. Awful fucking episode titles. <laughs> Mad Men has fantastic episode titles. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I can't really remember any. They're bad. I don't remember any, but that's how you know they're bad. If yeah. they're good or well thought out, it kind of like, if you're really trying to like get into it, it like informs the episode a little bit. So right. Right. there became a point in Mad Men where like knowing the title was kind of important to it. Right. Yeah. And uh, they yeah. did... Everyone knows the big episode where you know Don Draper has that breakdown. And the one after that was this big episode where he was doing, um, it was the first and only time they used narration, and it was called right. Summer Man, Summer and Man. I really fucked with that episode, and then, like, nice, my birthday is actually in July, so it fit. Uh, and there running. you go, you're now the Summer Man. I'm running with that sense. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was like, does it have, like, some kind of, like, Slender Man origin? <laughs> I was like, what you moonlighting as, dude? <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that, too, because even in hip-hop, when you say, like, the dude that's, like, hot for the summer, like, you know, like, there was that year Mace was that was that dude. There was that year that um, Mace, the slowest yeah. rapper yeah. known to man. <laughs> um, there was a year that um, you know, there was one, like remember Dipset had that summer, like you know, like you always say that. Oh, of course. You know, like the, the dude that's hot that summer. So I always thought it was like a double meaning. Even when I watched that episode, like the, when you were like the summer man, it means that you was that dude that summer. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. It also means that you're probably gonna be washed at some point <laughs> as well. You know? Probably would definitely. Been. I yeah. mean, that episode was all about him getting back into his bag. So yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So earlier we were talking about over the top television slash peak TV. Yeah, and man. how peak TV. Right. <laughs> and how you know it's like we used to have a show that everyone watched. Now we've kind of like petered out into like the whole choose your own adventure right. type of uh, environment. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Um, yeah. Even though it's given tell, us tell, tell us why you hate. Yeah, it. why do you hate it? Because I have a feeling I know, but but tell 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 the listeners why. I mean, I love TV. Theoretically, too much TV should be a good problem, right? And if you were a TV head, you always had too much TV because you were watching more shit than most. Right. But it's yeah, just like, like NRA has their own TV channel. <laughs> Jordan's a huge fan. <laughs> uh it's just so much now it's so much to keep up with and then i also i hate binging and streaming more so than just the influx of like just so many networks and shit because uh i've never been a big fan of binging i think mm. if you really want to digest something right you should do like two to three max a day it's funny it's i'm on the fence about binging and it's only because like people binge different. i mean it's like junk food you right, know right. like it, it's not awful like if you're really sucked into something i'm not saying i'm not above watching like five a day if i'm right, killing right, it right. but i tried try to limit myself to three because then it just bleeds together but i think that that's the thing like people binge differently like yeah. i know people who sat down full day and they do like a whole season slayed, you know stranger things and yeah like, but then what i hate about that and what uh i like about hulu at least is hulu does this thing where uh for a new season they'll drop like the first three so right. they'll feed your binging appetite right. and then they'll dial it back to a weekly schedule right, right. so we're on an even keel Something like Stranger Things happened, and it's like, all right, motherfucker, like, I work. Like, you <laughs> You're know, going to work. Like, People are talking about the end. I go outside, and, like, a day passes, and y'all are talking about episode seven. It's like, what the fuck? Like, the, oh, uh, man. And I hate, like, I'm a big spoiler phobe, and my one thing is that. I am too, man. Because I used to always be, like, a guy who puts people onto shows. Right. Or and. I'm so good at like uh, like my dude. You know, you see me talk to Maya on Twitter. Mm -hmm. 
I just got I finally got a mind to the wire. But I finally I haven't seen I haven't watched The Wire in years. But I can still talk to him about it and like ask, oh, where you're oh what you know in a way where it's not spoiling something or him or like like right. letting on what's gonna happen. And so many people are bad at that and I don't understand why. And streaming I, some people and just don't just, care, man. Like I have a friend that'll straight up on Facebook be like, Yo, yeah. I'm saying it. Don't Awful. Care. Awful. <laughs> I'm like, dude, he's like a freelancer, so like he's working a couple times a week, and I'm like, you got time to watch every episode in one day, dude? Like, I can't do that. So the other day in a meeting, uh, one of the million shows I'm watching right now is Jessica Jones. Mm. It's only been out for like what two weeks at this point, the new season, something like, like that, yeah. maybe three. Right. Yeah, but it's it's like what 10, 13 episodes. I think ten. Yeah. yeah. Some dude, dude in a meeting, unrelated, <laughs> just spoiled like a major twist. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Come <laughs> on, like, man. Like, <laughs> seriously? And it was like some crazy shit that I did not see coming. Right, and like right. now I'm, I got to that moment. I was just mad. Right. See, I, I think that that. Like my mind would have been pop <laughs> off. Spoiler culture is like a big problem oh, yeah. I have with, with binging also. But it's not even just that, and I think you sort of touched on this before we started recording, but it's like there's so many shows, right? Yeah. That now everybody's watching something different, so nobody has anything to talk yeah, about yeah. either. So it'll be like, yo, uh, did you watch Alter Carbon? It's like, no, because I was watching yeah. Wild Wild Country. And then and then all of a sudden, yeah. nobody's got a conversation yeah. to have. Ringer anymore, yeah. did like a dope piece on like uh, the death of monoculture or whatever. Right. And like they, uh, oh, Ringer always kills it with these like over-the-top. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they even came up with, a, with um. The term, and I don't know how official they were trying to be with it, but it was like, um, it was like cost per like like cubic like views. Oh, or yeah, I read that yeah. about like. Uh, I think they were being cynical, but right. when you thought about it for a second, the actual math they like, really broke like down the math. math though, right? Yeah, basically, it's like the fre- remember we talking about like frequency rolls. It's right. like your frequency of being on like um, on screen on screen yeah. and how that right, kind of right. like goes along with your social value in a lot of ways. So right. in a way, like being in like a TV series and is more valuable than being in like a movie, right. you know. Uh, I guess uh, let me. I'm, I'll roll us to do since we're talking about like pop culture and this like consuming of like crazy pop culture. Uh, have you seen Ready Player One yet? Have you had a chance to see it? Yet? Yeah. Oh. Uh, one of the perks of the job that helps you keep up with this shit, not to flex, is uh, advanced shit and, and like right. screeners yeah, yeah. And, and screenings and shit like that. So I, I get them too. Jordan, I checked where you out. At, man? <laughs> where you at, man? <laughs> I uh, I checked Ready Player One out like last week, right. like, one or two days before it dropped. Were you familiar with the book at all before him? No. I, I, keep I mean, asking. I know there was a book. I didn't right. read it. So I was a big fan of the book, so I like. I feel like my take is a little different on like people going oh, through for it. Sure. So what did you think of the film? Um, Like pop culture, nostalgia porn? Like what? Like I was excited for it just because I've hated the last 10 years of Spielberg. Hasn't been Bridge of Spies is really good. I haven't but. seen that one. I heard that, but I just he's been doing like these period pieces or like some animated shit, and it just hasn't. Been. <laughs> so I was excited for him to get it's back like into Tintin. like what? <laughs> I, yeah, I was excited for him to just get back to straightforward fun blockbuster. Right. Um, I went into it optimistic. I liked it. it it's fine. Right. It didn't. The story wasn't engaging. Like I never really cared that much. Right. The cast wasn't that crazy. It's funny. I'm I'm in this. I, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was entertaining, but as a fan of the book, I'm like, man, they could have done so much better. Like what? Like, just like the ending, dude. Like the stuff with like the I don't I, I'm I don't want to spoil here, but like <laughs> spoiler stuff. code. So like it's only the, been out a week. I know. Spoiler warning. I, I I won't try to go too spoilery here, but like there's an ending with like a chase sequence and stuff like that, and that's not the way it's handled in the yeah, book. And, yeah. and I felt like if they handled it the way the book did, it would have given them more opportunity to sort of like. Explain, explain a little more of the world that they're yeah. trying to create. It also uh, wasn't very that. It didn't like interrogate the themes at right. hand a little bit about right. just like nostalgia culture and all that. And shit. I feel like they sort of felt like, all right, if we throw a lot of this on the screen, and I'm not going to say he just did it like willy nilly, but like, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, look at that, rather than like have to like explore. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know. There is some cool shit like. They can access all facets of this 80s pop culture type shit. So some people were freaking out over things that just didn't like being fans of those original things. Even it didn't move me that much in this context. Mm. It's handled a lot smoother in the the book, if I can say that much. But 
I just like, like in a visual medium, I guess they have to handle it differently. But one of the things I wanted to roll into is like just because like so I'm seeing articles where like they're like saying like Spielberg was sort of like using this as like this sort of like letter to say like you know this should be the end of the the 80s pop culture nostalgia like comeback like, right, like he's right. sort of trying to like kill that now so uh, i don't i didn't necessarily see that i didn't get much it, it, <laughs> just, yeah. there, it didn't seem like it had anything to say really right you know? like is he doing a, a indiana jones sequel again yeah he doesn't he care most he's definitely doing, is a, doing a, five or six whatever the fuck we're on right now uh and then yeah <laughs> Um, and then the other thing that was like, so Jordan and I were talking about the other day, Spielberg had come out recently speaking about like Netflix and like how he feels like Netflix movies shouldn't, uh, necessarily be up for Oscars and mm, stuff like that. Mm. And I th- thought that sort of like rolled into another yeah sort of conversation because uh, some other comments he made in the, in the, the interview where he was basically saying right. like Netflix has made it so easy for filmmakers now that like they don't really have, basically they don't have to struggle anymore. And I was like, he's sort of looking at this in a blind way because he's been this guy who's like a titan right, right. Yeah. for a long time. That's and a little I'm crotchety. Like, me, like having studied film and like wanting to be a filmmaker. You yourself said you studied film. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's tough out here, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Netflix, I don't know if Netflix is making it that easy. I know, like, and, and I'm saying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, I ain't making a movie right now. And, but then on top of that, I'm like, right, uh, filmmakers, uh, my, and minority filmmakers, filmmakers of color, right. are like having opportunities, right. like Amazon, Hulu, right? Right. Yeah, that's same with female filmmakers. Right. So I was like, he's kind of looking. That's at That's just it old shit. Like, like yeah, it's yeah. The same type of shit you see in rap, where right. it's like there are definitely nuances to the conversation. There are things that Netflix does that I don't like. Right. Uh, yeah, like we were just talking about, like, like the binge, we binge, about binge culture, right? The whole I've heard like their films. They some of them are bad because they just don't. They don't give notes. They don't check in on anything like right. that. They just kind of let you run amok, which may be what he means. But at the end of the day, I don't see why like a Netflix movie shouldn't count. Like if it's good, it's good. Right. Yeah, and and yeah, it's just to me, it just comes off as like, you know, how dare you? Not the Oscars. Like they're sacred. And I'm like, they haven't been good for a very long time, if ever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about moving. Like, you know, pushing that needle forward and it's like just having like a disruption that he has to get used to. Right. You know, yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? <laughs> well, I mean, I know we didn't, uh, did you want to dive into that Ringer article you're talking about, about, uh, monolith culture? Oh yeah. That, they were just pegging that to Game of Thrones. They were saying Game of Thrones right, is right. like our I, generation's I one, yeah. last, uh, right. facet of that. Right. Which I don't, that's a little bit more like defeatist than it's probably true, but it was just right, right. where it's like, you know. That's what I always still pride like an HBO over like a Netflix thing because it's a weekly conversation, right. which makes it easier for more people to dial into. Right. I'm not familiar with the articles. Well, I, I haven't read it. In a, I read it a while ago. Yeah, it was, it was pegged to like the whatever whenever the last season was on TV, but yeah, it, right. it was just basically arguing that Game of Thrones will be our last. Um, just the last water cooler, for lack of a better word, yeah. thing where it's like, yeah, it's it came in at a time it. when everybody was still kind of watching the same stuff, right? Right. And it's gonna be with you know with the options now, there's like 500 networks, and it's conceivably gonna be the last one. But I don't really buy that because This Is Us got fucking 30 million <laughs> views on the Super Bowl. It's true. And I was late to that, but now I'm a part of that. Right. So. Right, right. I haven't watched it. I'm not sure. It yeah, neither have I. Uh, is it is it is it as good as people are saying it is? Yes and no. It's definitely as engaging. (laughs) I mean, it it does a lot of shit that I find corny. Right. It's a straight up, it's a family drama. Yeah. And and it's on broadcast, so it does like a lot of pandering. There's a lot of like fucking Jason Mraz, whatever the hell, on the soundtrack (laughs) and shit, you know, but when it it works, it works. Right, right. You know? It's one of those shows that I keep hearing about, but I don't know. I've, 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 one, it's been a long time since I've actually been w- watched like anything on network television. Yeah, yeah, actually, that was, it, it came uh, out right, of nowhere. Right. The uh, Roseanne comeback has been kind of like the only. Yeah, thing well, I've, we like, got to get to that on, 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 Netflix, on uh, network television. A very long time. Yeah, I heard. I haven't watched. You know, I was never that big on Roseanne, just like right. personally, but I always respected it. Um, I was curious about the new one. I will like get around to it, but it's not. I would say if you're somebody who who didn't really watch the original show, I would say watch that before you watch this because I feel like I, I, it could I put feel a like bad taste in. People. I've always seen I've through like 
TV Land osmosis. Right. I've seen Episode like most of the yeah right. the, the original run, but um yeah. So maybe check it out. The new shit is getting like good, like solid reviews, but it's like so there were two episodes the first right. week and then one this yeah. week, and it's like slowly getting better each episode. Okay, like you're seeing sort of flares of the, the old, old show spark. Yeah, back. Yeah, 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 the best two. Parts of the show are John Goodman and uh, Laurie right. Metcalf because right. they're the two that have like that still act, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they're obviously the best yeah. two people. In the yeah, show. they're just pretending to be who they are. Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. Roseanne really actually did vote for him. Oh yeah, well, she definitely. Yeah, I mean, but the other crazy thing about this shit is it's like you see um, Trump like drag it to the forefront and be like, oh, what are you saying? A show for us, and it's like, dude, right. I don't, you know. After the election, I didn't get, I didn't have like the same switch moment that a lot of my peers had. Like Ensignal, you know, Ensignal got activated. He started like really dialing into politics right. in like a, a much deeper way. Um, that's never really been my thing. Obviously, I keep a like I just stay informed. Right. But, and I try to keep like a you know you talked about us all being like cynical and definitely getting desensitized to like a right. lot of crazy shit that would have been absurd just 10 years ago but there are still those moments where i like really tear my hair like what the fuck and trump saying a show for us about roseanne is like i don't what and it's all the things he could tweet it was it was that like bro like i don't i wish that like his followers actually had twitter (laughs) well what exactly i would like those the the where's roseanne set Illinois, uh, in uh, yeah, in uh, Illinois, yeah. It's like a, a, a like the Roseanne outside. Connor type people who fuck with Trump. Are they on, like what? <laughs> How could they relate Donald Trump to their experience? Like he's never. They absolutely can't. But like, and it's like it's like mystifying me. But the the thing with Trump is like. He one he didn't watch the show right? like entourage I, yeah he didn't watch because I could tell you if he watched the show he wouldn't say a show for us right? like I they, joked entourage entourage is closer to Trump on to be honest you know like if you really think about it yeah sixty minutes confirmed that for us right like he's pulling porn stars out here um, no I, but I, yeah it's tricky um, no I agree with that sentiment it's funny too but um is that how as they say like uh, essentially like you know it's the renegade white male theory, right? Where it's amazing how an individual like that can convince like this base throughout, oh, yeah. throughout the country about that. But I think, like you said, it's funny that of all things, Roseanne ends yeah, up being like, like, dude, you're not Rose. But like, but if you think about the history of it, Roseanne came out. It debuted around um, I forgot what year it was. Was it, was it the end of the Reagan era or like it was around Bush one? Uh, around Bush one. Show I believe began in like eighty, very late eighties, very late seven ish. Okay. So you're seven eighty. Okay, so this is like um tail end Reagan era, like beginning of like Bush one, right? Mm. And if you think about it, like that's what last time you had like these fears that Middle America had about the nature of the economy, which, you know, totally makes sense. But oh yeah, you guys voted for that guy twice and then voted for his white VP for president. Yeah. Right. Um. So you know, but you know, that's kind of been a consistent theme in like the heartland has always been. I don't, would, would you consider Illinois the heartland? I guess it would be. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, they're wearing flannel that just make, and car hearts. I've never been to the Heartland, really. I've been to Chicago, but I never, you know, but yeah, <laughs> eighty-eight. It started. Eighty-eight. Okay, I so just, um, it doesn't. It just like they sound confused. You know, like they sound like I don't see how you could be in the Heartland and look at Donald Trump and be like, "Yeah, that's our guy." I mean, that's well, our, I could, nobody. I, I could see it. I could see it though. As witty. I no, get no, it. They're but saying that our, that's our guy, but they're not saying it because they're like, oh, he. Yeah, he's, he grew he's up going like there us, and saying like some like, really yeah. uh, intelligently tailored shit to them, right? To woo and sway them, but I just like, it's not that hard to Google Donald Trump and like, really <laughs> yeah, see what right. this motherfucker's about. You know, yeah, so, I know, that, and that's the thing is that people that give him the pass, like, I think that's um, one of the. And what has he done for them? Really, like lately, even in, during his first year. Well, we'll see when our when our tax returns come in. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> tax episode. <laughs> this is 8 a.m. shift for uh, what's the tax program? <laughs> Get at us. We need sponsorship. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I don't. Uh, I'd read. Um, a lot of people were like socializing Roseanne content recently, and I read uh, Whitney Cummings. Right, mm-hmm. who's the showrunner on that? She is anti Roseanne politically, 
but she did this whole like as told to or as told by for vulture uh where she wrote about like her decision to a work with roseanne and then b kind of do the show and present the show and she made it like a whole bunch of salient points about uh conversation dialogue and, and how to engage and you know her tweeting angry liberal shit isn't always the way to engage with the people who voted right. for trump and have like an honest dialogue with them and roseanne became that for her and i appreciated that and then one week after it airs look at how trump's already trying to twist it twisted it yeah. corralled it into like his narrative his messaging right so. One that's I, I didn't realize Whitney Cummings was uh, I know who she is but I didn't realize she was um, yeah 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 she's the, uh, the showrunner I know her as a stand up comedian but. it's her and Roseanne running the show oh shit I didn't realize that yeah. um, it's funny because I, the show itself and this is why you know he didn't watch the show right like he just grasps onto oh she voted for Trump right mm-hmm. but in the show right Lori Metcalf who I'm sure did not vote for Trump uh, yeah, she's Aunt Jackie she's a, Aunt Jackie did not vote yeah, for Trump like right, that's right. an argument they're having but then you also have like a kid her son who's like wants to wear little girl's clothes word, and stuff word, like word, that yeah. so it's obviously those are not his ideals right exactly, these are not yeah. the ideals he's been pushing so like he wouldn't say this is a show for us but you know, if he knew right. what was actually in the show, right? It's dangerous. It's dangerous, and I think, um, you know, when Trump became president, I remember Entertainment Weekly ran a story like, here's what you'll probably see during pilot season. More shows that speak to the blue collar, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, bro. Like the, but the funny thing the is... The Carmichael that, show, <laughs> blue collar shit, dog, you know? Like, but the thing is, that didn't happen, right? And it, it didn't really happen, but I think, you know... I, like, again, I see what Whitney Cummings was going for and right. being someone who was pro-Hillary but is working alongside Roseanne, but it's tricky. It's nuanced in different situations, and at the end of the day, I think you just got to do responsible storytelling and hope for the best in terms of takeaways. If you want to talk about, like, the politicized element, like, they're, they're being, like, a black guy watching Sons, it is weird well, it, well, you know, like it got really racial. Right. Well, the, the, here's the thing, and I always point this out to people: is that the experience of watching Sons as a person of color is markedly different than if you're. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you know, if you're a white guy watching, like one of my best friends, like he was making like the cuts and shit for Halloween, like <laughs> that would, would never even occur to me. Like they don't Yo, want Fridges me in that shit. Holla <laughs> <at me. laughs> just holler at me. Man. Shout out Elliot. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I, I used to work at like a, a gym where, and like one of the managers there was a huge Suns fan, right? And every time I would ask him his thoughts on it, his response was always, "Oh man, I loved it. It was just all oh, the action. It was cra- it was amazing." You ask like a black person, "Yo, what do you think of Suns of Anarchy?" They're they're like, "Yo, them fucking white guys is fucking crazy and shit, <laughs> right?" Yeah, dude, and it's like the way like anytime they deal with a gang, it was like. Oh, the, like the Niners and stuff. Yeah. So you ever watch like, the Shield? You ever watch the Shield? The Shield is amazing. The Shield is like it's amazing, I yo. Love the Shield. And it's like you know, at that point, you know, you're what, like the Shield was a little easier because Suns you're supposed to take at least some of them as like protagonists for a minute. Right. The Shield from day one, you know, you're kind of watching pieces of shit. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> it didn't. That doesn't really affect you, but it's like you know, you see like, like Suns deal with like the black gangs and shit. And, like this is it gets ru- uh, yeah. a lot of typical, ridiculous. They're all, all wearing like Air Forces and, <laughs> and like blasting. Well, I mean, I mean to be fair, like uh, Jax is wearing Air Forces the entire. That was his choice, though. And that was Zach. Did you know that that was like a um, motorcycle oh, culture? Hunter, was that like his choice? Or? Yeah, motorcycle culture actually hated. Like it was a big source of contention among like real dudes in that life that uh, Jax and Charlie wore Air Forces because that's not them at all. But uh, when he was doing research, one of the guys he shadowed wore those. There you go. And uh, he died, so that was his tribute to them. And he, t- like, stayed steadfast on it. That's wow. Yeah. I don't know wow. why I read that, but that's fact. That's pretty good. That more much respect, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> much respect. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you. that's kind of, I think the reason why, like, minorities are all getting gassed over shit like Black Panther, Insecure, Atlanta. Absolutely. It's like, it's, it's so fucking refreshing to f- see some shit that, like, you live and breathe and no one right. feels natural and organic and just doesn't, like, have those weird uncomfortable moments right you know like you said like just it's a nice change of course yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. scene all of a sudden you're like like even when they're trying to be inclusive it's like bad yeah 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 yeah. i think um yeah i think with sons is also like 
the other side of it too is that it just if you're like a person of color, they already feels this way about like renegade white men. Yeah, it just confirms that theory and like that too. And it's it's weird because that's it's kind of like a uh, a three billboards effect <laughs> where you guys <laughs> yes. are both you guys are both yeah I've seen it yeah. But all right, well, no no spoilers. But there's one point where it's like uh, you know the general premise though, right? Yeah. Francis McDormand yes, yes. on a mission, rogue, and. Uh, her black friend gets hemmed up as like collateral right. and it's never, it's not, it's an afterthought. Right. It's just, you know, like, and eh. sons had so much of that shit, not in the forefront, but in the background, it was like, they would do some like slick, like they, you know, when they went to like the black drug dealer, uh, like crime syndicate mom's house, or whatever. Oh, in the later uh, season. Yeah, it was the later like a season. weird throwaway episode, but even right. still like there, there was so much shit that happened at other people's expense. Right. That even though they're not the heroes, you still kind of dwelled on a little bit. That right. was always awkward. Yeah, it turns into like there's like this art, like role playing game element where like they just run into these situations, right? Right. Every every like every episode, every twist. Yeah, and turn. I, I'll give you an example. Um, we've all we've both seen all the sons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sons, yeah. Well, spoiler alert, real quick. <laughs> but when uh, for listeners, we don't. You know, know, we can't when speak to Opie shoots Clay, right? Yeah. And then they're all freaking out and like blame it on black. And it's like, yeah, all right, right. dog. <laughs> I <laughs> I see. And then Tig is just like fucked up and mowing down like random black people that didn't do shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, that it's, was the last great season of that show, by the way. It's funny, too, because like I, season four. I, I feel like... Uh, That's what happens when they yeah. they stay too long, man. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah, I, well, I agree. I mean, I made that point earlier about um, how big it did in the ratings, and that's like a... Uh, that's like the dark side of creative control, which is that FX just stopped telling Kurt Sutter what to do. Right. And he just, The Shield is great oh, because yeah. that he, he was a writer on that and he did some of like the darkest fucking storylines that fucked me up. Like right. that Aceveda shit. Oh, yeah, man. Disturbed me. For it's like, funny because I remember, but I haven't seen The Shield in forever. Dude, that, yeah, now, yeah. You're, now you're making me want to go back. Yeah. Like, I want to go back. So, I yeah. might fast forward. but he but he earned it he validated it yeah and on sons after it really blew up and he it it just went to his head and he ran unchecked right and uh he ran unchecked quantitatively and qualitatively quantitatively um like we were talking about seven seasons right yeah but we were talking about even like episode orders it doesn't need to be the song i don't know if you remember they were letting him do um like they were it was one of those shows where it's like the premiere and the finale and maybe a mid-season episode would be like mid-sized. Yeah, they were yeah, extended. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got to a point where it got so big and he ran so unchecked that like every episode was like an hour and change right. yeah. with commercials, but with still. And it's like, dude, like the writing on this shit is not madman. It's like, the, I don't right, need to right, hear right. these motherfuckers say Jesus <laughs> Christ every couple. And like, the, no, and, it, and, it, and that allowed for like some dumber arcs yeah, and like right, drawn right. out shit. And I was just like, dude, what the fuck? And that yeah. was my biggest issue with yeah. that show and some of the other shows that I loved, but sort of fell down that like brevity, like, man. Right, right, yeah. right. And then just like qualitatively, no I feel like, like there was one point um, where I, I watched, like I was really amped for like a season premiere it's the one that ends with the uh, the school shooting, right? And uh, I watched yeah, that episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this just me. Like I like dark shit, but like right. this just made me feel miserable. You're like, <laughs> like <yeah. right. laughs> this is like misery porn, and he was like really starting to wallow in it. And like the places he took, like Juice, right? For example, just oh yeah, that's one thing. I, yeah, I'll say he like, was yeah. getting raped like every episode, bro. Yeah, yeah. At a point, yeah. I was like, what the fuck yeah. is happening? Like it, you know? Yeah. And that I hate when that shit happens. Like there's, you can tell like really dark shit without miring in it and just right, like right, right. misery. It's like yeah. we get it. We yeah. don't have to see it every episode. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. You know, right. gotcha. You want to end it here? Yeah, man. Thanks right. for uh, Fraser. Thanks yeah, for being Fraser, on. Thanks for being here. Man. Oh, of course. We'll come back for episode two anytime. Well, well, that was it. Yep. Good interview. Yep. Fraser's a cool dude. Absolutely. Where do you, you know some cool people, man. No, nah, man. I feel like I got to bring my... We know some cool people. We know some cool people. Cool people. We, know <laughs> people. we know people. We know people. We know people. We got peeps. We, uh, we know people. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. That's another one in the bag. Yeah. So Follow uh, us on uh, iTunes, right? Or Apple, um, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Um, on social media, uh, at 8 a.m. shift on Instagram, Facebook. This is Jordan. This is Joe. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter, Jordan, Y-R underscore. 
And uh, I don't even, honestly, I, like, I don't even remember what my Twitter is, dude. <laughs> so follow. Uh, you can find me on uh, on the gram at Box O Joe. Box Zero Joe. It's pretty, uh, it's a cool name. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Um, All right. Shift is out. Out. Yep.